1: It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the side. It ain't the left Thank side you,
0: Solo D. Welcome to right another episode side. of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Check out our merch store, on onthefinside.threadless.com. Even though we're here in May, Paul and I are working our asses off to give you premium Miami Dolphins conversation and content. We're going position by position with our roster predictions, as well as our breakdown of every player on the Dolphins roster here. Moving forward, we're going forward today here with the running back position, a very young position, a very interesting one with Kenyon Drake and Kalen Balazs at the top of the depth chart here, Paul. And, you know, we would be remiss Not to say here that Adam Gaze has been in New York for a couple of months now. They signed Le'Veon Bell, one of the easiest-to-figure-out running backs on the field in the NFL. And already, this has been a sore spot in getting the Jets general manager fired because they could not agree on the value of this player.
1: No, let's... Let's take that back a step further. Getting the general manager fired is an understatement. Adam Gase came out in the media on a Monday and talked about how pissed off he was that people were saying that he and McCagnin couldn't get along. Came out on a Monday and said this. On Wednesday morning, this a-hole – is now interim general manager hiring his own general manager because he got McCagnan fired, and then he comes out and he wanted Levy and Bell, but he wanted him way cheaper. So that's what he's getting this guy fired for. Things like that, and it's you know basically the Jets signed C.J. Mosley and Le'Veon Bell this off season. Now, prior to getting McCagnan fired, we brought up the fact that. It's great that the Jets got Levy and Bell because they're not going to utilize him. He has a big home run play and Gase will bench his ass. See Kenyon Drake for for example, or see Brandon Bolden for example, or see anyone that did anything that wasn't three yards per carry. Uh, But you look at this and the running joke that Adam Gase is turning the Jets into—he's doing more for the Dolphins than he ever did as Dolphins head coach. And like to the point where I work with, with an avid Jets fan who actually listens to our show and it's just hilarious because he will walk into the office with a smile on his face and I will turn around and say, what's up Gase. And he will walk over to his desk and put his head down on the desk and just shake his head back and forth because it's that much of an embarrassment for a Jets fan. And and really for a football fan, this circus show that Gase is turning non-situations into.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've never seen a bigger drama queen in my life. And I will tell you, the New York media is going to eat them alive. And we've talked about that before, too. I mean, (laughs) you do not give the New York media anything that they can nibble on, because they will take that and it will be posted in the, the New York Post, the New York Daily News, And they will have just a laughable headline. It's not like the South Florida media, as interesting as the South Florida media is. But, yeah, it's – I mean, you come out and you have a slight quabble about what you paid for him. I mean, it and it just shows the mess that the New York Jets are in right now. Because you cannot – you have – so you have a a general manager who – Drafted the quarterback, Sam Darnold, third overall last year after trading up for him. And then here this year, he runs the free agency where he signs C.J. Mosley. He signs Le'Veon Bell. He runs the draft. They take Quentin Williams third overall, which I actually thought was a good pick for them. And then you fire him right after over a power struggle with the coach that you just hired a couple of months ago. That is unbelievable, and it shows who really was the drama queen when it came to the Dolphins power structure.
1: Yeah. I mean, and you look at this situation, I mean, you've got an interim owner holding the, the door for his brother who's overseas and this and that, who's just like, I don't know, let's keep case. Um, and, and it's just such a brutal, brutal, brutal joke to to look at. And, you know, you look at all these moves and just what Gay says to the media and what he does. I mean, you look at the fact that a he's come in and in getting his general manager, who did a good job. Dolphins fans, I know I hate saying this, but McCagnan did a good job for the Jets this off season. If nothing else, you told me those three moves that you just said he did a good job for that team this off season. You get him fired over this and in the process alienate your two blue chip absolute stud stars that he brought in for not a lot of money for what they do and what they are i'm sorry those were not bad deals he signed with cj mosley or Le'Veon bell i'm usually one of the first ones cat's usually one of the first ones to say what an idiot spending this money c a exhibit a cleveland browns jarvis landry but you know, you look at these deals he made, and it's like, wow, Hagan's doing a good job. And there's Gase. Nope, nope. Let's ship him out. And then he, tra- in, in the same breath, they announce Gase as interim general manager. They throw a footnote on there that they just traded Duron Lee for a six-round draft pick. Eat me, Adam. Yeah. Gase. Eat me.
0: Yeah. Duron Lee is a very good coverage linebacker. He didn't live up to the first-round draft status, but I take him. It. it yeah. It, it rings of when the Dolphins just threw Jay, Jay away away for a fourth-round pick or threw Jarvis Lander away for a fourth-round pick. It's all trading dollars for nickels, and as a Dolphins fans, we couldn't be happier to see that. My favorite thing on Gase, and this, this is the last thing, is that uh, he was not as involved in the NFL draft process, supposedly, as he would have liked. So the word uh, out of New York – and I I listened to this, I think, on Pro Football Focus's podcast, is that he made special arrangements so that he would not be on camera next to the owner and next to the general manager as they made the pick for Quinn and Williams. Oh, he moved his chair. He moved his chair to not be on camera. This is the kind of sociopath you're dealing with here. And the reason that it's relevant and why we're talking about this is this is somebody who just wants to do everything his own way, and we saw that last year at the running back spot with Kenyon Drake. So well, when, we, when we look I, I, at Drake.
1: Before we get to Drake, I, just, I need to throw this in since you brought this up. Not only did he move his chair off camera, but by all accounts, throughout the, the preparatory process for the draft, McKagan kept looking over at him for input. And Gase would not provide it. And on top of that, not only did he move his chair off camera, from the sound of it, part of the reason he moved his chair off camera was so you couldn't see him sitting in the chair with his arms folded like a petulant five-year-old, not contributing any input into the players that the Jets drafted. Frickin' sitting there with his arms folded Staring off into space, not contributing for the hours and hours of the draft, not contributing any type of input as far as what he wanted for players. So, yeah, McKagan drafted guys that maybe Gaze wanted, maybe Gaze didn't, maybe they fit a system, maybe they don't. But he petulantly refused to provide input so he could turn around and throw a tantrum about the fact that he didn't provide input and and give his way. And And when he
0: was asked about it, when he was asked about it there in that draft room, they said, do you want to take Quentin Williams? He goes, no, no, don't want to, no. And then he just left. No, I'm joking about that part.
1: Dolphin says, do me a favor. Before we move on, we do have to talk about a running back position. If you're listening to this show, tag us in this when you do it. Go to the Jets' Twitter account on social media and write the words, Eat Me Adam. Gaze and tag our show at on the Fin Side when you do. We'll retweet every single one of those.
0: Absolutely, I'm right there with you. And here's why it's relevant into what we're talking about here today. Because week in and week out, it was we could have just inserted a soundbite, irate at the way the Dolphins were using Kenyon Drake. And it, when you take a look at at how they used him, here's a, uh, the most specific example I could say. The play of the year, obviously, was the Miami miracle when the Dolphins beat the Patriots 34-33 to on a play that very few players in the NFL couldn't make, uh, juking out Rob Gronkowski at, at the goal line and having the speed to get to that final pie line there. And the following week, after the Miami miracle, Kenyon Drake had one carry for six yards. I mean... You can't teach this level of stupidity. And my only conclusion on that is that Adam Gaze is thinking, you know what, Kenyon Drake is the hottest name in the NFL right now. I'm going to outthink everybody. I'm only going to give him one carry next next week against the Vikings. Kalen Balazs, Frank Gore are going to get the majority of the carries. And Drake is going to be the guy that hopefully gets on the field and shocks everybody instead of actually using him like you should use him and continue to use him as, as a mismatch problem.
1: Completely. It's, I, you look at just the mismanagement uh, with, with the running back position. Kalen Balaj, don't get me wrong, Kalen Balaj has shown a little bit of, of special, but Kenyon Drake is truly the mismatch problem out there. He's truly the guy that can hit the home run on any play while still sticking to his assignment. So I really like that. Yeah. I really like Miles Gaskins who the Dolphins took in the seventh round. I I, I yeah. really like him as a player. I love the three-headed monster that they could put together this year by by even flexing a couple of them into the backfield at the same time.
0: So let's, st- let's stick on Drake for a minute, because I have another bonehead stat, too, to throw out. Looked on Pro Football Focus, and Kenyon Drake had 51 pass block attempts and 120 carries this past year. A blind man could look at Kenyon Drake and see, this guy can't pass block but is a very big mismatch problem in the passing game and a big play threat at all times. So Drake had 51 pass block attempts, 120 rushes. Frank Gore, who is one of the best pass blocking running backs in the NFL over the last decade, had 156 rushes, but only 20 pass block attempts. So what my point is I am excited to see what Chad O'Shea is going to do for these, running, these young running backs and Kenny Andrake and Kalen Balazs. Now, Kalen Balazs, his signature play last year was that 75-yard run against the Vikings to bring that game to 20, 21-17 and bring the Dolphins within striking distance before they got annihilated in the second half. There was a big collapse from there. You take out that 75-yard run, and Kalen Balazs only has 3.3 yards of carry on the season. But he's also, he was a rookie, he's a very raw player. So it's going to be interesting to see how the carries are going to be spread out between those two running backs. Do you see Drake, Paul, getting the majority of the touches and Balazs coming in to supplant him? Or do you see Balazs getting a real opportunity to get that starting running back spot and Drake being more the third down back type of guy?
1: I think Drake will see the lion's share of the carries, but I think Balazs will see some carries. I think Miles Gaskins will see some carries. And I think some things will be situational. Don't forget, you look at the Patriots and what they did at running back typically. And I hate to keep doing this, but, you know, it's a real thing. And you look at the coaching staff and where they came from predominantly. And, you know, whoever the hero is on a given week um, who sees the lion share of the touches is truly situational. It, it really is. It, it has been for years, uh, ever since Corey Dillon. Um, so I mean, it, it's we will see Belage, we will see Gaskins, uh, we will see Chandler Cox lead blocking for them most likely with a, with a smattering of Christian Wilkins. But in reality, Kenyon Drake is probably the one that's worth fantasy consideration, which tells you he's going to get the carries. He's going to get the touches. He's going to get the opportunities and see a lot of catches out of the backfield. I don't see him being just a third down back for them. I think he will be the third down back for them, but I think he will see a lot of first and second down touches as well.
0: See, I, in terms of the personnel, I, I think it's going to, for me, it's going to shape out differently. I mean, obviously Drake and Blas are going to be the top two guys, Miles Gaskin drafted there in the middle of the seventh round. He is right now the incumbent favorite to be that third running back uh, compare, uh, compared with the rest of the roster. I think Chandler Cox is more likely to make the roster, too. I'd be surprised if he doesn't, given that he'd be the only pure fullback on the team. but. You know, Gaskin, I could take or leave as a player. To be honest with you, I mean, he's the 13th best running back in terms of yards in NCAA history. He certainly has the production, um, and he he brings a lot of competition to that spot. But it wouldn't surprise me if he did not make the, fi- not, the final 53 man roster. Uh, and in fact, me personally, I've got three running backs making this team: Kenyon Drake, Kalen Bellage, and Chandler Cox. And I could see that fourth running back, if they decide to carry one, being somebody who's not on the roster right now. Uh, three running backs the Dolphins lost this offseason, Frank Gore, Brandon Bolden, Sonoris Perry, all within inside the division. It wouldn't surprise me if one, two, or three of them end up shaking loose and end up back on the Dolphins roster. Uh, a couple other names, too, that might get cut from other teams that I'm looking at, Benny Cunningham from the Jaguars, Josh Adams from the Eagles, Samaje Ryan from the Redskins. So, you know, look, Miles Gaskin is a very productive player, obviously, but I'm not quite sure what he brings to the table in terms of a skill set.
1: I think he's going to surprise you. Um, now, I'm not saying he's going to be an every down back for the Dolphins. I think Kenyon Drake's going to see the lion's share, like I said before. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see maybe 45% Drake, 30, 35% Balage, and then the remainder go, goes Gaskin's sway with a smattering of whoever else happens to be on the roster at the time. But in reality, I mean, I think we're both in agreement here. Drake is going to be the most downs back at this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And look, Gaskin is more likely to make the team than not. Um, I also think he has to show his worth on special teams, too, to make that spot. Because if you're the third running back, and unless you stand out in one area, you better be really good on special teams. Uh, something else, too, the Dolphins signed running back Mark Walton. He was a fourth-round pick. Of the Cincinnati Bengals this past year, he's gotten into a lot of trouble. He was arrested three times this offseason. I was actually kind of surprised to see The Dolphins sign him, but he's a former Miami Hurricane. And his final year at Miami had a very productive season. He's also going to be in the mix. Kenneth Farrow, who came from the AAF, looks more like a training camp body, but he did start two games for the Chargers in 2016. After there were a a rash of injuries to Melvin Gordon, Danny Woodhead, Brandon Oliver in that season, he ended up getting hurt himself. Came back. The Dolphins signed him as a as a street free agent after he played in the AAF, and then finally, uh, Laird from the University of California. You know, this is a player who caught 96 passes over the last two years at California, not for very many yards, but also he ran in in the three cone drill as six eight four, which shows really good change of direction. Kind of looks like Danny Woodhead on tape, but the big difference is. Danny Woodhead does not make a lot of mistakes when he was in the NFL. Laird could be one fumble, one drop pass away from getting cut at all times. So, Paul, it's interesting to see how this roster will shape up at the running back spot. Obviously, we have Drake and Balazs making the team here. Based on what the Dolphins currently have at running back, how do you see those last few running back spots going?
1: I definitely see Gaskin. Um, I see Cox. And somebody else better be a damn good special teams contributor because I don't see Miami keeping more than four. I really don't. I, I see them running a lot of two tight end sets. I see them keeping six receivers. So numbers game-wise, the fact that they have a fullback now, you better be uh, a standout, ridiculous over-the-top special teamer to to make make Miami have to keep a fifth running back.
0: Right now, I'm going to stick with my prediction of Kenyon Drake, Kalen Bellage, and Chandler Cox making the roster. I think Chandler Cox is actually going to compete with Nick O'Leary to be that fullback type, with Cox definitely having the advantage on that. And then it wouldn't surprise me to see them add a fourth running back along the way. Brandon Bolden is one I could definitely see coming back. Uh, The Patriots did resign him this off season, but a very good special teams player and somebody who can fit in a lot of different areas He's going to have a job in the league for at least the next couple of years. You would think,
1: Um, so Paul comes back real, real quick on just on that piece. If Brandon Bolden comes back, Holy crap, is Chris Greer like just mega mind at that point. I mean, letting a player walk to get a compensatory pick that you end up with the player again anyway. Wow. Just wow. I, wow. Yeah, I,
0: I think it's kind of 50 50 right now is whether or not the dolphins would get that compensatory pick. And I, I don't think I've ever seen that scenario before. If the player ends up getting cut, if the original team gets him back, if they would end up getting that pick too, I'm not, I don't have enough insight on that. In terms of the formula, yeah, that meets
1: all of the rules for the formula. It meets all of the rules for the formula.
0: Very interesting. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. we'll, We'll we'll see on that. I mean, Brandon Bolden, a very good special teamer. I'm surprised the Dolphins didn't end up resigning him. But hey, if you're willing, I mean, when you look at the Patriots situation this year versus the Dolphins, and you know you're 29 years old like Brandon Bolden is, doesn't surprise me that he went back to New England. Uh, but hopefully they can try to get him back in the fold if he does does get caught up in a numbers crunch. Another interesting name too, if he gets released by New England, is Rex Burkhead. I mean, they the Patriots signed uh or excuse me, drafted Damian Harris in the third round this year. You would think that they're going that he's gonna be the backup running back in that situation. Sonny Michelle is the starter. Pro Bowl fullback James Devlin, they've got there too, as well as one of the best third down backs in James White. So it wouldn't surprise me if Rex Burkhead got squeezed out there in New England. So that's my point. I think that the third running back is still not on this roster. But if it is, Miles Gaskin is the incumbent favorite to have that third running back spot. Paul, but
1: I'll I'll end the show on this here. Well, one thing to add before we end the show here, and, and and this is my 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 last bit here, I swear. Whoever that third running back is, if they sign somebody off the street, if it's not Miles Gaskins, they I really hope, unless Miami believes it's somebody that could take the reins and be the guy, I hope it's a one and done deal because you look. Ahead, whoever that third running back is, whether it's Gaskins, whether it's a street free agent, whether it's, you know, my grandma, it, it, it's Miami has somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 to 14 draft picks next year. I, I, whoever that third running back is, should already be playing as if they're on notice for next year because Miami is in a position where. I think they take at least one running back in that plethora of picks that they have. I, I think they make a move for a running back to add to the stable and compete. And it would not shock me a bit if whoever the third running back is this year is not on the roster next year, unless they stand out like a damn stud.
0: Yeah. And a, an important note to make too, is that Kenyon Drake is a free agent after the season and it doesn't seem like it that this is his fourth NFL season because of how he's been misused and underutilized. But you know, if they keep a Miles Gaskin, you would have to think that their vision is Kalen Balazs as the starter, Miles Gaskin as the backup in twenty twenty, and then you're probably right with those that plethora of picks, they're going to end up adding another running back along the way. But I'm glad that this front office. Has, has an understanding that running backs are somewhat expendable. And it's yeah. best best to go with fresh legs at that position. Kenyon Drake, 25 years old, Kalen Blash 23. So it's best yeah. to to rotate these running backs, get these young guys in, et cetera. But if Kenyon Drake does show the ability to
1: – What's
0: that?
1: Sign him now.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, you kind of have to because one of two things are going to happen is that uh, Kenyon Drake is going, to be, is going to break out this year, is going to get the carries he deserves, is going to show star potential, or he's not going to, and you're probably going to lose him after the season anyway or you probably wouldn't want to resign him. So a lot of balls up in the air there at the running back position, especially with Kalen Balaj in the mix competing with Kenyon Drake. Uh, anything else to add, Paul?
1: No, I just, I think now is the time to sign him a little bit based on potential for, you know, two, three years um, before betting on the opportunity that he breaks out and you're getting a deal, but putting one in front of him, that's not an insult either based on how he's been utilized. So finding that little happy medium before it's a situation that you either have to overpay or not, because at the very, very worst, at the very, very worst, if you get a stud running back you can in next year's draft say or one falls into your lap somewhere Kenyon drake is still a guy that you can bring in to be a mismatch player that's going to be explosive and put the ball in the end zone so and even if you bring a stud in he he's such a good compliment that i want him on this roster for the next several years and i think he could be a valuable contributor for miami to make a super bowl run as they build this roster up
0: yeah, and Drake's skill set is creating mismatches. And yeah. the Patriots and Chad O'Shea coming from New England, that's what they do at the running backs. They you know, they're willing to use them to their strengths. Sonny Michel was that straight up the middle guy. He was not used in the passing game at all in New England because that's not his skill set. James White was Barely used as as a running back. He was more of that wide receiver out of the backfield. And that makes sense. They don't overthink things in New England. Where the Dolphins said, hmm. And Adam Gase last year said, hmm. Um, uh, let's see. What is Kenyon Drake good at? Uh, catching the ball out of the backfield. What is he bad at blocking? To teach him a lesson, we're going to keep him in the block a lot more than Frank Gore so that he learns this. It was a stupid thing to do. And I hope that this new coaching staff, and I'm confident that they will, use the running backs to the best of their ability. That will do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins running back position. You can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Check out our merch store on the finside.threadless.com. Be sure to leave us some feedback on our YouTube channel as well as our other social media outlets. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. So D
1: take us out. It ain't the left side, for the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left, left side side for the right the side, right side right and it must right be the fin side. Line. Listen, the fans across the land, all tuning in, to see what Brian Catin.